of Yelling About Star Trek. My name is Christian Fox, and this is the show where I yell at you about all things Star Trek for your amusement, so I'm not yelling at my friends and family who don't want to hear my thoughts and theories on this fantastic franchise. Today, I want to talk about some of the biggest news in Star Trek history, and that is that the entire cast of TNG is coming back for Star Trek Picard Season 3. That is amazing. There's so much to talk about, and I have lots of hopes, dreams, and concerns, or fears, whatever you want to call them. But before I get into that, I want to start a new tradition where I just go on a long rant about something kind of silly, but maybe significant. If you listened to my episode last week, I ranted about Captain Panaka in Star Wars. And yes, it was Star Wars. It was not Star Trek, but it was a lot of fun. And basically, I just ranted about his really ugly and stupid hat. So I wanted to continue that theme, but I have a specific Star Trek rant that I want to get off my chest. What I'm about to go on a rant about is not going to be as stupid as my hat rant. I still stand by everything I said, but this one has a bit more substance to it, okay? And this rant is all about Star Trek Enterprise, and specifically, it's about Dr. Phlox and Hoshi, okay? These are great characters. There's nothing wrong with them. In fact, my rant is because they are too awesome, okay? This is the situation. Episode one, all right? Broken Bow. That's the episode where there's a Klingon loose and broken bow and they have to get the Klingon and they have to take the Klingon back to Kronos and all these shenanigans ensue. So there's a scene early on in the episode when they're like, okay, you got to go do this thing. And Archer's like, hey, I'm ready to go. We got the ship. We got warp five. I'm cool. I have a nice baseball hat. I'm a human. We're evolved. Let's do it. I'm on the case. So he goes to Hoshi, who's in Brazil. She's teaching She's teaching languages. And he has to recruit her, okay? He has to recruit her because she's the only one that can speak Klingon. Not only is she the only one that can speak Klingon, but she is teaching Klingon to students. That is awesome. It is the coolest thing to have your language expert teaching the language that nobody knows except for her. And I'm assuming she learned the language from the Vulcan database and somehow, I guess, was able to hear the language being spoken and she was able to read it and somehow, through all of that, basically learn it even though she hasn't had a conversation with a Klingon before. That's awesome. Totally cool. My issue with this This is 100 years before Kirk. And guess who is the more legendary communications officer? Uhura. And guess who doesn't know how to speak Klingon in the prime timeline? Uhura. Because remember, Star Trek VI, they're whizzing by the Klingons. They're like, oh, we've got to talk to the Klingons. We've got to talk to the Klingons. But if we use a universal translator, we'll be detected. And they'll know we're humans. So she has to muddle her way through speaking Klingon. And it's like... What are you talking about? You don't know Klingon. How can you not know Klingon? How can you not know Klingon? I mean, you are the communications officer on the flagship USS Enterprise, and you don't know how to speak the language of your number one enemy. That's really stupid. It's even worse when you remember that Hoshi Sato 
from Enterprise 100 years earlier not only spoke it, but was teaching it. So how can Uhura not know Klingon? doesn't make any sense. And I don't know what bothers me more. The fact that she doesn't know Klingon and Hoshi did, or the fact that Nicholas Meyer, who I love and adore his movie, but decided that, hey, this would be a funny joke to make this character look incompetent, or that Enterprise completely forgot about that and made Hoshi look super awesome, which in turn made Uhura look even worse. I don't know which of those options bothers me more, but they all do. Then there's Dr. Flox. Same thing. This is 100 years before Kirk because he's Enterprise. We all know that Enterprise takes place 100 years before Captain Kirk. And I'd like to say Captain Kirk because Trip always goes, Captain, Captain. And if I'm doing the accent wrong, I apologize. I'm not from Florida. I just like to imitate Trip going, Captain. It's the same way I go, yes, ma'am, when I imitate Paris doing his yes, ma'am routine. And so this is 100 years ago, and Dr. Flox understands Klingon anatomy. He gets it. They're like, hey, Flox, no one, no humans have seen a Klingon before. You're our guy. Can you come on with me to the, the Enterprise and help us save the day and not get shot at by people? Because it's going to be super easy to take this Klingon back to the homeworld. No problem. And Flox is like, yeah, yeah, sure. That'll be fun. Uh, I'll miss the Chinese food, but hey. Uh, I'll, I'll come. It'll be, it'll be great. It'll be lots of fun. So Dr. Flox, a hundred years before Kirk knows Klingon anatomy. In fact, you could probably say that he is the original doctor, much in the same way that Hoshi is the original communications officer on the starship. Because remember, Enterprise is the first ship to ever go and explore space. So Dr. Flox is the very first chief medical officer. So the fact that he knows Klingon anatomy is, is great. But when you look at Star Trek VI, and again, this is a Nicholas Meyer thing, and I love Nicholas Meyer, but the fact that McCoy in that movie was like, hey, I don't even understand Klingon anatomy. It's like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you don't understand Klingon anatomy? How, what do you mean you don't know Klingon anatomy? You're a doctor. You should know the anatomy of your number one enemy. Grant, you don't need to save them all the time. Like That hasn't been one of your, your requirements, but you should have that information, especially when you consider that Dr. Flox was 100 years before you, and he knew Klingon anatomy. And he had records and information, and that should have been transferred to the, the Federation database. So why would Dr. McCoy not know that? Again, I don't know if it's more frustrating that Nicholas Meyer or someone on the script, maybe it was Leonard uh, Nimoy, that thought, hey, this would be a funny gag, and at the expense of a character. I don't know if it was the fact that Dr. McCoy in general just didn't know, which is annoying, or that Dr. Flox did know, or that the writer simply didn't care that it was already established that McCoy didn't understand or not understand. I don't know why I keep saying understand. It's not a language, but didn't know Klingon anatomy. So that's just really frustrating. But I suspect the writers of Enterprise were like, hey, we know this sort of contradicts the movies, but that was a stupid gag and we should just ignore it. And maybe that's what it is. But it's just really frustrating when you see characters who come before classic characters and somehow they're smarter than, than them. And it's just, it's weird, it's frustrating. This is not as funny as the Captain Panaka's hat. I'm not having as much fun yelling about this, but it's something I have to get off my chest because I was thinking about this at the middle of the night when I should have been sleeping because I've been going down this Enterprise rabbit hole. I started with season one. I'm now on season two. And if I'm not careful, I'm probably going to start season three again when I should be watching Moon Knight, but I have not watched Moon Knight, and I should be finishing up The Rookie, but no, instead, I'm watching Enterprise 
again for the 10th time, and I make no apologies. Rant over. And now this is where I'm going to say my usual, make sure you get out of your space pajamas, put on your shiniest pair of boots, get a cup of coffee, get a cup of tea, maybe some iced tea if you want to pull the archer maneuver, and brace for impact because things are about to get nerdy. Okay, so thanks for listening to me about my Star Trek Enterprise, Dr. Phlox, and Hoshi being super competent, Rand. Now, let's talk about Star Trek Picard Season 3, because as I said at the beginning of this episode, they just announced that the entire TNG cast is coming back, which is incredible. And I have lots of hopes, dreams, desires, but also fears because let's face it bringing back one legendary character is a pretty tall order when they brought back Picard in season one I was excited but then I saw that oof, there was a lot of choices I didn't like with season one and thought there was a lot that they could really improve on fortunately having just watched uh, the most recent episode which I believe was episode seven of Picard season two I can say that they have nailed this season. Obviously, we still have three more to go, so anything could happen. But as far as Episode 7, they are nailing it, and Picard is back. So bringing back one single legendary character is tough. And look at the Luke Skywalker situation. So bringing back an entire cast from an old show that is beloved by millions is an even bigger order. And... Not only are these characters that people love, but these are characters that have appeared in all the expanded universe stuff. Uh, not expanded universe, not Star Wars, but like the novel verse. And they all have had really incredible and amazing stories. So how can they live up to what those characters and those stories have told in this new universe where those books don't exist because the continuity is doesn't follow that? Obviously, it only picks up after Nemesis. Um, and I'm going on a rant, and this is getting off topic, but it's just the idea of bringing back all these characters is exciting, but there's so much potential for them to go wrong. But there's so much potential for it to go wrong and for it to fail. I think an example beyond the Luke Skywalker situation, which I always talk about, and beyond Picard Season 1, another example of this is the show Arrested Development, which came back a number of years ago at Netflix, and there was lots of problems, which we'll get into in a bit with some of my fears. Basically, there's a lot of ways this can go wrong. But first, I want to talk about some of my hopes and desires for this series. The first one is pretty obvious, and maybe this is too much to ask for, given that Captain Picard is not actually a captain and he's an admiral, but not just an admiral, he is actually the head of Starfleet Academy. So I don't know what kind of strings he would have to pull and if they would do this in the series, but I can't imagine them not doing it because they're bringing back everybody. And that is just for them to be on a starship altogether again, just like TNG. And I don't know what ship they would do, but obviously if they're going to do a ship, they got to bring the Enterprise F on screen. It has to be the Enterprise F. I don't know if that's asking for too much, and again, I don't even know if putting them on a ship as one crew is even possible, given that Picard's the head of Starfleet Academy and also Riker's retired, but he was an admiral. So that could be challenging. 
outside of them being on a starship and it being the Enterprise F, because that is super, super fantastical and that's almost fan fiction-y, I guess what I really want is for them to really explore the characters in a thoughtful way and really add depth to them. Because I think the characters got a lot of depth in TNG, but not quite as much as they could have gotten had they been on, say, DS9. Because the depth we get in DS9 is phenomenal. And even, I would say, people like Seven of Nine, people like the Doctor, I would say probably get more depth than characters on TNG, with the exception of a few, like namely Data. Data gets a lot of depth. But I don't think that's true for, for most of them. So I'd want them to really just give characters depth. And based on what I've seen with Star Trek Picard season two, I think they're doing it. They're giving people depth. We are learning things about Picard that we never even thought about. We are learning a backstory to him that's answering some questions that we have had in the past. We're learning more about Seven. We're seeing her adapting to being basically a human, for lack of a better term. And, And so we're getting all of this depth, and I think it's great. So I really hope we get that with Picard. And I'm sure we're going to. But even more specifically, there are questions I have and storylines I want them to explore in the series. Like, for example, you know, you know my thoughts on Worf and Worf being a terrible father. And I did a whole episode on that where I basically made the argument that Captain Archer loves his dog more than Worf loves his son. And I, and I hope I clarified this in the episode because I don't want to say I hate Worf and I don't want this to be less bash Worf, even though he is fun to bash sometimes, but I do that more out of fun than anything, is that the writers either didn't have the interest in continuing that storyline or just wasn't feasible given the show they were trying to produce. So for whatever reason, Worf being a good parent and Worf being a father just wasn't possible given the limits of TNG. So I would love to see them really tackle that. We got a little bit in DS9, and we did get to see that he did make a bit of amends, and they were starting to, like him and Alexander were starting to become closer, and we saw that Worf was trying to rectify the mistakes from his past. But I would love to see them explore where is Worf with Alexander right now? How much has he changed in the 20 years? Has he tried to be more of a father to, to Alexander? And where's Alexander in his life? Like, obviously, we might not get a whole episode dedicated to Alexander, but I would like some acknowledgement that, hey, Worf struggled as a parent and obviously understood that. And I'd just love to see them show where is Worf? Has he really improved? How has he changed and how is he with Alexander? And speaking of Worf too, I also want to know where is Worf? What is he doing right now? Is Worf a captain at all? Was he able to become a captain? Because as you know, you might remember in DS9, Worf had a bunch of um, situations where Cisco was like, hey, given all of these things, you're not going to become a captain or a first officer. Starfleet is not interested in promoting you anymore. Like, they're not going to file charges against you. They, You have an amazing record. They love what you do. But they're not going to be uh, making you a captain or a first officer anytime soon. So I'd love to see, was he able to get past that? Has Starfleet softened up and said, hey, you know what? Let's make you a captain. Or is he still an ambassador to Kronos? Or is he doing something completely different? Like, is he like a disgruntled governor, as we saw in All Good Things? Like, that would be really interesting to explore. Where is Worf? Another character that comes to mind is Dr. Crusher. 
what's she doing? Is she still on a ship? Does she have a ship of her own like she did in All Good Things? Or did she go back to, to Starfleet Medical? Or, or what's she up to? And obviously, I want them to really address the elephant in the room, the will they won't they. I want, and obviously, and I want them to have some conversation about the potential romance, always hinted at romance, between Picard and Crusher. I, I know based on this season, they are hinting towards the romance between Picard and Laris. But I'd be very curious to see if they if they address that potential romance between Picard and Crusher because that was such an underlying thing and theme in TNG. And obviously they never acted on it, but they definitely had feelings for each other and they sort of acknowledge it in the episode attached. And that's the one where Crusher and Picard, I guess, get captured but are given some neural device which allows them to share each other's thoughts. So they actually full out acknowledge that we like each other, but we can't do anything because, well, we're colleagues and Picard's her superior, but also was best friends with her dead former husband. So that's a little bit awkward. So I just thought to see them explore that. And then there's Jordy. What's Jordy up to? Is he still an engineer? Is he back on Earth doing engineering? Or is he a captain? Because remember, in Timeless, we saw that he was the captain of the Challenger. Is that still a thing that's going on? Also, is he with Leah Brahms? I really, really hope he's with Leah Brahms because, yes, which you can say, yes, it was a little bit creepy that he had a crush on a hologram uh, that was based on a real person, which is definitely awkward, but it wasn't intentional. It wasn't like he intentionally set that up. It was just, hey, she had the personality that was given to her by the computer based on the personality profiles, and she's also very attractive. So, you know, it's hard not to feel attracted to her and have a crush on her. I totally get that. Still a little bit strange, but in all good things, he mentions that, yeah, I'm married to her, and I think he had like something like two or three kids. So I would love to see if that's a thing, if that's something that's still going on. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, Riker and Troy, I'd love to see what they've been doing. Like we, That's not as exciting because we already got to see them in season two, and we got to see you know Pizza Riker, as I call him, where he's just gardening and making pizza and looking like a like a dad which is awesome i hope to pull off the Riker i'm a dad when i have kids and when i get older and i retire i also would love to be able to master pizza that way but i don't know if i'm going to be the pizza oven guy maybe who knows so we already kind of know where they are it'd still be nice to catch up with them and see what they've been doing but there's no storyline or questions that i specifically have for Riker and Troy but overall, as I'm just saying, I really hope they give the characters the depth that they can give them because we're living in a new era of TV. And I would say this has been around for quite a while, but Game of Thrones especially started it and made this a real thing where you can really explore characters in a really thoughtful, in-depth way. And so we have the resources, they have the tools to do it. So I really hope we get that and that we get to learn more about the characters and that we get and we get answers to questions that we've had about them. And also I just want to learn something new about these characters in the same way that we're learning new things about Picard that really give you more context about the character. 
So if they can achieve that, that would be great. And those are my hopes for this series. One, that we get the crew aboard a starship, hopefully the Enterprise F, but that is wishful thinking. And that we get some and that we get some answers to questions that we've had and some more depth to these characters. But with all of that, there's also some fears, okay? Because as I said at the beginning, there's a lot of ways this can go wrong. One fear is that it's just the same thing as TNG. I love TNG. I've said it before, it's my favorite Star Trek series in that I feel comfortable, I grew up with it, and it's my happy place. Even though I think DS9 is actually significantly better, TNG is still my favorite series. And as much as I love TNG, I don't just want to watch TNG 2022 or 2023, whenever season two comes out. And I guess the reason I'm worried about it being the same thing as TNG is because of Will and Grace. And I know Will and Grace has nothing to do with Star Trek. It's an entirely different show. It's a sitcom, not sci-fi at all. But as you might remember, Will and Grace came back in 2017 for three seasons. And it was a sequel show. So it was like the whole cast was coming back after all this time. And from what I had seen of the show, I actually had watched quite a bit of it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I never really watched the original Will and Grace, but I had seen, you know, episodes here and there. And from what I could tell, the reboot series, or not the reboot series, but the sequel series, was basically the same thing as the original series. It was almost like, even though everybody had aged and they were living in the present time like they were in 2017 nobody had changed so it was like okay it's cool to have them back but there's no difference they're all living in the apartment they're still doing the same things they're still getting up to the same shenanigans which is great on some level but it's like okay how come there's no change so i don't want tng just to be a tng 2.0 where it's like okay we're all back we're aboard this new ship but we're having episodes that just feel like rehashes of TNG. And and I don't think that's going to happen because Picard season one and two are very different than TNG. And Patrick Stewart himself has made a big deal about how he didn't want Picard to feel like a sequel to TNG in the sense that it was just the same thing. I know he was heavily inspired by Logan in, in the X-Men franchise as to what Picard could be like. And I'm glad they've sort of moved away. They had a little bit of the old man, Logan, and I respect the heck out of that movie, but the movie is not for me. I love the X-Men movies, but Logan is not my thing. Don't get me started on Logan, which I will do if you ask politely. So I I don't think that's going to happen, but I think I just need to get that out there. need to talk about it because I'm sure you listening probably have the same worry that it's just going to feel like a rehash of TNG. The other big fear I have is what if they're not all together? What if it's like they do an episode and it's just like, let's do a Worf episode. Let's have Picard hanging out with Worf. And then it's Picard hanging out with Jordy. And from what I heard about the newer seasons of Rusted Development, that's sort of what they did because they couldn't get all the actors together in the same spot. They had to do these weird episodes where we focused on one character and it seemed like the characters were not even actually in the same space interacting with each other or something, or there was something about blue screen and them being blue screened into the scene. I'm not entirely sure how that works, so please correct me if I'm wrong, 
But I do remember hearing a lot about that season of Rested Development, the fact that, hey, people didn't like it because it was just like focused on one character and one character alone. And it wasn't the whole cast together interacting. But, you know, I really don't think that's going to happen because based on the trailer, it sounds like it's going to be getting the band back together to save the galaxy. So it seems like, yeah, they're all going to be together. They're going to be on a ship or something, and they're going to go off and save the galaxy. And I also know that the TNG cast really like each other. So I don't see them not wanting to do an episode or doing a show together where they're all there doing their thing. seems like they get together with each other all the time. And they really do have a great chemistry. So yeah, I think they'd be willing to do a series where they're all together. So I really don't think that's going to happen. And those are really my only big fears. I guess, of course, the other fear is what if it's not good? If this announcement had been made before season two aired, I probably would be excited, but also very hesitant because, well, season one wasn't great. And they kind of messed up a card. So if they can mess up a card, then they're probably going to mess up everybody else. But fortunately, season two is amazing. I'm loving it. And so I have full confidence that this show is going to be great. But what about you? What are some of your biggest fears with Picard season three? And what are some of your wildest dreams, the things you want to see beyond anything else? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let me know what you like and what you don't like about the show, because ultimately my goal is to make a show that you enjoy listening to. And in the paraphrased words of Captain Kirk, I shall see you out there. That away.